previously on the Soundless Citadel. You guys get to finally see the inside of this goblin village. These prisoners, they've already been brought to Derna. I heard that the outcast, the druid, and Verwolf, they was looking for people. And we're pretty sure that Derna saw how strong they are, so I think they are down there in the grove. If there's a chance that I can find the apple here, it would help. The apple slices are distributed by Derna. Apparently, if there are any left, it will be in Derna's room. You know, the doors that we were going through before, it might lead to where we need to go to get to the garden. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking root far from the sun's reach? Finally reaching the door, you guys open it. Don't see your friends right away, but it's just because they were hiding at the corner of the hallway, making sure that if they had to be found by the goblins, they would get the drop on them. The first one to approach is Seeker. Uh, hey guys, what did you find out? Thorn closes the door behind him, and before he answers Seeker, he kind of just goes, <sighs> as he lets the tension leave his body, and he takes off his helmet, lets his hair go all scraggly and crazy again. He looks up at Seeker. We didn't find any traces of prisoners in that specific area, but um, after looking around, it seems Faith and Sir Bradford, they were taken to the garden. Apparently, the powerful people that they capture, they send to the Druid. It and it seems like a lot of the common people, even the warriors, don't really know what's going on. They call the Druid the Outsider, and they don't know what the leaders of the tribe Geld and Durna are doing or what their motives are. They all seem to be just pawns in some plan, but there's a, a room. It's, it's Durna's quarters. A apparently, at the beginning of each year, she gives out pieces of the apple to troops of warriors that they'll use to, to lure travelers and unsuspecting victims. It seems like in her room, that's where she keeps them. And I was honestly kind of hoping we'd avoid going there, but I found out that there's a passage that leads down into the garden. The passage is in 
Moderna's room, so we'll have no choice but to possibly face her, and maybe even Geld, if we want to get to the garden. And I can guide us there, as I have been to the garden before. It was where the Dark Warden kept me to play music for him, so I, I've got a good idea of where it might be, albeit my memories are a little skewed, but I can get us there if we can get past that room. Are you sure about that? Oh yes, I, I, it'll be alright. Alright, I trust you, Methuselah. Our paths have converged then. We will encounter this vile druid and put an end to their treachery. We will locate and secure the apples of virtue, and we will rescue Faith and Sir Bradford. We have quite a bit on our hands, eh? So it would seem. Well, I mean, if it's a little bit too much for you, you are under no obligation. I don't need to be hired. My colleagues that also went to the druid. Alright, where do we go then? Well, I suppose we should probably think of a plan first. Alright then, we figure out where they are. We make sure to count how many there are inside. Then, we figure it out if we can send some of us inside stealthily. If not, we make a noise so they like, attract them and then take them by surprise. What do I remember about Geld in terms of how strong he is in terms of his abilities and things like that? It's not only a matter of strength, it was a matter of maliciousness. He was mean. He knew how to pick a fight that he could win. And he put his strength to the test. And when he could not fight strength-wise, he would make sure that at least the most amount of damage could be caught before he ran away. And then the one thing that would always be the worst part is that he would go straight to his mother, the shaman of the tribe, playing the victim and saying that whoever was that he was picking a fight with was the one that caused the fight. So it was not only a matter of who he could bully, but it's also who would suffer the consequences of the only magic user in the tribe. This geld, I knew him when I grew up in the tribe. He was the son of our shaman. He's powerful. And when he's outpowered, he's deceptive. He's dangerously cowardly, doing anything he can to get away and to hinder you before he does so. He's definitely a dangerous foe. And this Durna, the one he seems to have taken affection for, she sounds extremely powerful as well. She was strong enough to defeat Geld and decided to take him as her companion simply because of his own power. Together, I have no doubt that they would make a very, very dangerous duo on top of whatever guards they would have with them. We've gotta be careful. I believe that stealth is our best friend in this scenario. We should definitely be careful that we don't let people get in reinforcements. You bring up an interesting point. It is important to note that in the course of our quest, we may inevitably come into conflict with some of the goblins. Then he turns to Thorn. These are your people, Thorn. So far, we've all made mistakes, but how do you want us to proceed? Um, 
I don't really know how long I'll be like this. And by me, I mean this Thorn? Me, Thorn? There's another Thorn here. Another one that you've met. I don't know how long it'll be until that's the Thorn you'll be dealing with. We're kind of in a bit of a battle right now. So, me, Thorn. Um, I guess we'll call me Old Thorn. Temperfarin Thorn. I don't want to get into a fight, but if there's anyone who deserves to get beat up at least a little bit, it's Geld, and probably Durna too, so I wouldn't feel too bad about them getting roughed up, but a lot of these younger goblins, ones that are fighting now, they're misguided, they're angry, they don't like hiding anymore, they, they want to let their... They've been taught to let their anger out on innocent people, to lash out and blame people who are blameless in this situation. As for Marquis Thorn, I don't really know what he wants. Thor's gonna look at him. Well, I can't pretend to understand what you mean by there being two versions of you. To me, you will always be Thorn, but. I will try to honor your wishes and shed as little blood as possible. Of course, I can't speak for everyone. Well, I think that we'd all throw down with this Geld fella just because he was mean to you. All right, so, you know, we, we're all pretty powerful here and we're your friends and we're not gonna let anyone hurt you, okay, Thorn? All right? Yes, we'll focus our attention on those two and sort of save the other goblins any sort of harm. I'm with you guys till the end. So we have to go through some goblins. Let's make sure that it's just the ones that we need to get past. I I think that if we're at the very least able to best Geld and Durna, it might be enough to convince whatever goblins they have with them to step down. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of my tribe still revolves around this sort of show of power. Who is strong enough? to lead the tribe if we show that Durna and Geld are weak in some way then we can more easily sway them it won't work for every goblin but for a lot of the warriors they will have enough respect for us to at the very least not get in our way when it comes to the druid well also wouldn't it be a show of strength if they realize that they shouldn't get into fights that they won't win yeah, that too. Self-preservation. Well, I suppose we should get it over with. Start heading in. Agreed. In terms of other Thorn, how he's doing? Thorn has been lucid for quite a while now. Probably the longest he's been lucid in ever since everything happened. So, how is this tolling Thorn? Anxiety is the biggest toll here because you don't feel the other thorn at all as of this moment. So you don't know when the other thorn will come back. You just know that he will be back. Can I go into one of the halls, the hall that I had opened? Yes. Can I do a perception check first? 
Yes, you can. Can I go with Methuselah and help with that perception check at all? Sure. Oh, ho, ho, natural 20. This hallway is empty. It seems to curve and go into other hallways as well, but a good chunk of these other hallways have been caved in. It's an unfortunate case, but it's how the cataclysm drove the Sunless Citadel into the earth that caused the damage that goes beyond repair in some areas. But except for the fact that this one is not illuminated, so you will need to light up another torch, there is clearly a path towards what seems to be Duana's room. If your spatial awareness is correct, there is another door that leads towards Duna's room. Can I approach the door and put my ear against it to listen? Go right ahead. Can I do the same? You have to do one at a time okay. because there's not enough space for two people to share it. I got a 22 and a 15. For Seeker, um, you do it first and you get hearing that there is a conversation going on inside. You don't hear specific speech as to what exactly, but you hear that there is people inside. And it seems to be a big room too, because there's a certain echo. The food's on top of those things. You hear a distinguished voice of what seems to be three individuals. One is a raspier voice that you would place upon what you would imagine an older individual. And there is a raspier voice, but with a little bit more life in it. And a certain deepness, imagine yourself to be a male, but a younger male. And then a growly voice. Growly, almost like a, that of a predator almost. But it does have its own spark and twist, where sometimes it's graceful. And then it has this raspier times. It seems to be a feminine voice. As Methuselah hears the voices and doesn't really want to, you know, make a sound, their mage hand is going to float back into the other hall and gesture for the people to come in. Thorn will slowly approach and go up beside Methuselah. Is there a keyhole in this door? There is. Okay, Thorn is going to very gently peek through it. Do a perception check for me, just to discern how much you can see through the limited angle that you have. Eleven. You only see what seems to be, in this big circular room, two individuals, older goblins, full of these bones and different like ornamentations that are very rudimentary. She wasn't pretty before, now it's something of nightmares almost, and it is the shaman of your infancy and of the Huckleborn clan. You also see, listening to her, but clearly impatient. Beside her, Gel, clearly aged, in a sense that he looks battle-worn, with two curved swords at his belt. And he is clearly annoyed listening to her, as almost as if she was complaining to him. And you also see what seems to be a makeshift throne of sorts. It's big, so you can't see any more than just the base of this throne. And a big leg seems to be just what you can see of a person who is sitting on this throne. A tinge of pinkish gold skin, very, very muscular. Can I do a wisdom save? Yes, you can. Guys, the Ford's coming back. 
I remember Thorn looking through the keyhole and then becoming distraught before. I am watching Thorn's reaction and I'm going to get ready because I don't want us to lose our surprise round if we're going to attack them. So I'm not going to lie, if Thorn goes berserk and gets someone's attention, I actually want to open the door so we can start combat. Okay. Because I don't want us to lose our surprise round. You start to feel a certain uneasiness when looking upon these two individuals from your past. The laughter comes from the back of your neck and starts to take place in the back of your mind to then start to consume your mind. But you're able to breathe, shake it off, and slowly the laughter, not of the Marquis, but of the other form, slowly quiets down. Can I hear what they're talking about? Yeah, what was the perception check that you allowed? 11. The little that you can hear, based on everything that just happened, like especially your internal conflict, is a general sense of Grinnell complaining about Belak that this guy will put the place in danger. Although you, my son, are strong, he will cause trouble beyond what we can. And Geld is like, oh, shut up, mom. Clearly, this is something we can handle. Dude and I can handle it. Thorn raises his hand as if to say, like, just give me a second. And he's going to try to listen closely. There is a moment where you're trying to listen, but then Geld and Ground start talking to each other loudly and at the same time, where in the end, there's no way to understand what's going on. Thorn stands up a little bit straighter from the keyhole, looks at everyone and goes in a quiet voice. There's three of them in there right now. Geld, someone who I think is Turna, and someone who I didn't actually expect to be there, Grinnell. She used to be the shaman of her tribe. I guess I maybe thought that she died or something, but she's a powerful magic user. But there's one thing that's going on. Grinnell, she's, she seems concerned about someone named Black. I don't know who that is, but if it's my guess by the way she talked about them, it might be the Druid. She seems concerned that the Druid is going to use the tribe something that will lead to their downfall. I'm not the most popular from my tribe, considering I was exiled, but that might be some leverage we can use to maybe convince Grinnell to side with us in some capacity. Also, from my memories, what do I remember of Grinnell herself? Because I remember Geld being unkind. I remember Grinnell sort of going along with her son's whatever. But how was she generally revered in the tribe, from what I remember? She was always proud. Very proud. Being the only one in the tribe that could use magic to her benefit and the benefit of the tribe built her entire identity. Anything that she did was for the good of the tribe. Although there was a council of goblins to make sure that everything's safe and organized, she was almost as powerful as the entire council herself. People revered her 
But people feared her because her pride was also the most dangerous thing about her. If you got on her bad side, she hated you for the rest of her life. And nothing that you would do would appease her hate. She was so proud that any peace offerings would be just a small way to get on her bedside because she would start thinking that you're trying to get something out of her and paranoia start, would it start to kick in. And the easiest way to get on her bedside was Gail. If he made you into a bad person in her eyes, she would target you like if you were the scourge and threat of the entire village. Only if Geld said good things about you, she would forgive. Did she hate my family? <laughs> yes. yes. If you remember correctly, it was her that pushed your family into that exile. Ford thinks for a second, and then he goes, uh, uh, that might be a little hard. She is very proud, and Geld, her son, is basically the make or break for many decisions that she made. If Geld said that you were bad, bad. She hated my family by the time she exiled us. I don't know how much success I would have talking to her, but if there's one thing I do know, she has a lot of pride. And even though a lot of her decisions revolve around Geld, if she's having conflict with him, especially since she seems to be usurped from her old position of power, maybe we can use this to sort of get leverage, you know? Look at how the tribe has fallen into disarray, not under your control, you know, something like that. I just struggle to find how they would trust us. You know, we're all outsiders in their eyes. I'm just struggling with how we'd sort of get that across and how they would trust us. We are outsiders in their eyes, so I'm not sure that any of us would be able to sort of push through that pride to convince her. I could try. It wouldn't be easy, but Horn has a little bit of tricks up his sleeve. Well, I'm ready to follow you and however you want to proceed, Thorn. These are your people. Right. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think? <laughs> Should we just, um, Burst in there, or um, uh, and fight, or should we uh, burst in there and try to talk to them? Uh, well, you know, seeing as we're associated with you, no offense, Thorn, but you know how they hate your family. I I don't think that by association they're gonna have a good relationship with us. I have a question, uh, Thorn. How did you get exiled? You don't have to tell us, but if you can give us a sort of clue. Um, so, in, in the tribe, um, my main family was my mom, um, Petals, and my dad, Vine. Unfortunately, my mom, she, she died when I was pretty young. She was attacked by dire wolves. One day when I strayed too far out of the boundaries of the village, so I was always closer to my father. He was kind of considered the village eccentric, I guess you could say. He was really outgoing, 
and he was different than the other goblins to some capacity. He was an inventor. He was completely enamored by human engineering. He loved learning new things about the outside world. After my mom died, he focused more time on studying what life was like outside of our tribe. And he brought me with him because he hoped that one day we could leave our isolation and join what he perceived was this great progress being made by non-monster societies. Ever since I was young, we'd, we'd go out together on these long excursions, just watching villages, gathering supplies and secret, just trinkets, broken wheels, and contraptions that could light fires in an instant, old books that were ruined by spilled wine, and we'd look at it under candlelight and try to make out the words, the scrawlings of intelligent men and women. It was like a fairy tale. I was completely fascinated by everything, just like he was. I wanted to know what the world had to offer. I didn't want to spend my entire life feeling like I was some sort of hunted prey. Anyways, Geld always kind of picked on me because of that. They didn't like that. My father and I, we seemed to be in our own little world other than what they considered contributing meaningfully to the tribe. I guess I was an easy target, but one day I kind of stood up to Geld and he didn't like that. So, of course, he went to Grinnell and Grinnell found out that my father and I went on these excursions and she was really mad. She feared that we would attract humans to our tribe and that we were a threat, that that what we were doing would bring on this attention that would lead our downfall. So she exiled us. We had to leave or they would kill us. That's what happened. You hear the wave of laughter from the other thorn coming in very strongly, so much that completely takes away your balance and you start shaking it, shaking it upon the idea of it's now, you're going to go back. But then the song from Methuselah's music reaches to you first, and with it, it helps keep the other thorn at bay. The other thorn diminishes, and you feel calmer, feel okay, until you hear from the outside of the door. Hey, check that door over there. Can we do a quick stealth? Yeah, you can. I feel like Mortis is far back enough in the room where he, instead of trying to hide, he's just going to quickly double back behind the, the wall. I would still prefer for you to do a stealth, okay. just in the case of like not having those like footsteps of running away. Uh, Thorn got a 10. Seeker got a 26. Methuselah got a 21. You guys, as quietly as you can, go to the end of the hallway to be able to turn around the corner. You guys just make it before you hear the door opening. And there's a quiet moment as you guys hear the breathing from the creature at the threshold of the door. Looks for a few moments, and then you hear Thorn in Goblin. I'm over here! And then he closes the door. 
I'd say that once it's, it's calm, there's been that like three seconds of us just breathing. Because let's go closer to Thor. Well, the reason that I asked that question is I think maybe one way that we could possibly convince them if they are bound by shows of strength, whatever that means, then perhaps we need to show that you are strong. And I don't know if we need to sort of do it in a way that means fighting or pretending to be, you know, having this sort of show between us, but we should, we might be able to do something to trick them into believing that you've returned as this much stronger goblin and offer them something that might pique their interest. You can probably use us if you think that a show of strength would be best, but since your father was an inventor, maybe you could show worth in that, strength in that. I don't really have any of my inventions anymore, and honestly, they weren't that impressive. Well, I believe that's probably subjective, so then we could maybe trick them with a show of strength. Maybe you could pretend to beat us all in a fight. Well, Grinnell and Geld always prided themselves as being the only goblins in the tribe who knew magic. Perhaps a grand display of magic might show your strength. It'd have to be enough to really fool them. They're not stupid. They know powerful magic. But you are a powerful mage. That's subjective. What sort of things can they do? You remember her showing a variety of spells. Spells mostly to benefit the tribe. So there were spells to throw fire uh, at enemies, spells to heal people, goblins that suffered uh, during like attacks against the wild, so like dire wolves and other stuff. It's been a while, but you know that she's powerful. Well, Grinnell, she is powerful enough to heal as much as she can do great deals of destruction. Kind of like Mortis, in a way. I see. Do you think maybe we could help bolster your magic with our own sort of spells as well? I think if it came down to it, it'd probably have to be a fight, but Geld plays dirty, and he doesn't like to lose, so it'd definitely be a dangerous fight dangerous show of how powerful we are, but if we can pull it off, at the very least we'd be able to win over some sort of favor. Should we go in there with the mind of fighting, or should we sort of do an introduction and then get into the show? Let's feel the room out first. Let's not just kick the door in and start fighting. Let's see what they think first we might be able to gauge exactly what they think and use that to our advantage. I think because you're the only one that speaks goblin, we should probably have some sort of signs. You should give us a signal to know what to should do. Look at my eyes, they're quite expressive. You'll probably know how the conversation's going. Sounds good. Or just like, well, seems like that could work. 
more, more skeletons so the one's like if you need me to play act getting defeated I can definitely do that for you um hopefully it won't come to that but yeah um I, I can take the lead since I'm the all powerful leader we believe in you Thorn just kind of goes thank you you can do it Thorn I believe in you thanks you guys are just about to head. You guys are just about to reach the door. How do you guys want to open it? I imagine Thorn's probably leading the way. Yeah, Thorn reaches out and like takes the doorknob and he's staring at it, trying to hype himself up. I'll say that Methuselah's behind. Seeker is going to be third, holding their dagger in one hand and their rapier in the other. Honestly, yeah, Mortis is hanging in the back. Thorn takes a deep breath. He's like, all right, I can do this. He turns the doorknob and just swings the door open and puffs his chest, takes two big strides into the room. You guys funnel in and enter the room. The first few seconds is that of confusion. As you guys see this very big circular room, almost like a tower in its own way, a sort of opening, a circular opening, almost as if it was a little balcony of sorts in the very center. And there is vines climbing out of it, whitish and gray vines, as this place is dimly illuminated by some sort of light source that is coming out from this opening in the very center, light purple light source. The confusion is due to the fact that all those within looks at you guys striding in and at first they are just what and then they notice some of the weapons and they all arm themselves geld goes for his two scimitars grinnell brandishes her staff that before it was being used as a walking stick two tall burst burly golden skinned hobgoblins brandishes their long swords and they are all on a stalemate as you guys come in and they are ready for a combat. And some of you guys, Seeker, Erky, potentially Mortis, are also displaying signs of being ready for combat. But then that's what catches your attention at first until the voice comes from the back of the room, says, in common, ah, finally, something different. And that brings your guys' attention towards the throne just behind the two goblins. And she goes, I think we have visitors to have fun with. Bigger than the other two hobgoblins, there is this beautiful, in her own way, golden-skinned hobgoblin wearing a very sturdy armor, a powerful long sword at her throne's arm, almost as if it was stuck onto the base of this makeshift throne and she is sitting comfortably at this throne while petting what seems to be one of those stick monsters that is sitting on her lap as if it was a pet and the creature quickly runs into her cloak a cherry colored cloak <gasps> with oversized gray stitching you're walking towards them while all of your companions are like, what? Erky especially, he goes, what are they doing? And as you're walking towards Durna, 
one of the hobgoblins put themselves in front of you. Like you're still a good 10 feet away from each other, but he's clearly positioning himself in a, in a way to you're gonna have to stop or he will stop you. Uh, now why don't you just tell me now where exactly you got that cloak? Spoils of victory? I have a thing. I like to keep stuff out of the people that I beat. Oh, there is no way that you beat her. She was a little bit beaten already. I gave her a fair chance, gave her a weapon, gave her, what was it, um, a little symbol? Still knocked her out. While I appreciate you giving her a chance, I don't intend to give you one. I like that kind of spirit. She guns up. Oh, you're not gonna like me when I'm finished with you. I'm taking my sister's cloak back. She grabs onto the hilt. Let's dance. Hey fellow D&D and TTRPG nerds, this is Kayla Longgram from the Potions and Potpourri podcast. Myself and my co-host Keisha are just two gal pals who like to hang out and have casual conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and other TTRPGs. Our show is loosely formatted, but we like to talk about a variety of topics relating to Dungeons and Dragons and TTRPGs in general, plus we do the occasional live play. We interview guests from the TTRPG space, and we also do improv creations where we make things up on the fly together. We give lots of tips and tricks, as Keisha is our resident DM and Kayla is a forever player. So if you're new to the Dungeons & Dragons or TTRPG realm, or you've been part of this realm for a while and you want to learn some new tips and tricks, or you just want to listen to some goofy gals chat about Dungeons & Dragons, come find us wherever you get your podcast. Potions and Potpourri. You've reached the end of this episode of the Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of the Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12 p.m. EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts and if you'd like to support us, You can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The world of Nosomundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern. (laughs) 